Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter and my co-host, Allegra. You may know my mom from the Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it. We also talk about other fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies. Today's episode is about Halloween. We're going to share some of our favorite books, movies, and activities, and just the way our family likes to celebrate. Come on, Mom. Let's get started. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We have taken a break, and during that break, we have moved to Santa Barbara. If you listen to the Mom Hour, you've probably already heard this, and we're really excited to be back. Yes, we are. Uh, Yeah, the hiatus was a good thing. I mean, for a lot of reasons, our family moved, as you said, which is like a big, a a big undertaking. It was also, Mm -hmm. you know, a few couple months into pandemic COVID time when we decided to take a break. It was the break between virtual school in the spring and virtual school starting up again in the fall. So um, thank you to everybody who wrote to us and said that you're excited for us to come back. It actually it really motivated us. Don't you think, Allegra? Yeah. Okay, we need Mm -hmm. to. We need to buckle down and and bring this show back. Yeah. You guys, you guys wrote nice things. And so we're really excited to be back. And yeah, in our new home, it's fall. It's just, it's time to talk about Halloween, don't you think? It is. So are you a fan of Halloween and fall, Allegra? I like Halloween and fall. How do you feel about the weather today in Santa Barbara? Well, it's hot, kind of. Yeah, it's hotter than fall. It's hotter than fall should be. Yeah. That is kind of a truth about where we live. Our summers are more mild, but then it gets kind of hot in the fall. But that's okay. We're still going to decorate for Halloween today and talk about a bunch of fall fun and Halloween books and movies and I don't know, just how our family likes to celebrate. Yeah. Okay. But before we dive into that, we are welcoming back our sponsor, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Yes. And like us, they're back with new episodes this fall. Season four of the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is out now. And in this season's episodes, there are amazing immigrant women from all over the planet that have changed the world in so many ways. Allegra, you love learning about different cultures and history. So this is right up your alley. And as a mom, I love having this resource for younger girls like your sister, Violet, who's pretty obsessed with the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. So do you have any favorite episodes so far this season? I really like the one about Elise Guy Blanc, who is the first woman filmmaker. I really liked it because of all the sound effects that bring the story to life. And it's cool that the narrators are also inspiring women. And you can actually listen to bonus episodes that go into their backgrounds as well. Give the rebel girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls award-winning educational podcast on your favorite player, wherever you like to listen, wherever you're listening now. Go check it out. So at Halloween time, there's a lot of scary books and shows. And we're not really a horror story movie kind of family. We really like funny Halloween movies and books. And yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, of the three Powers kids, you were probably the most easily spooked, but all three of you um, have certain certain things that would trigger a fear response. And, you know, as a parent, it only takes one or two times of your kid accidentally being scared by a movie or a show to know that, like, it can, you know, it can lead to, like, not sleeping well at night or nightmares. And it doesn't always, but 
Yeah. Um, I think we try to find that balance between what's fun and exciting for you guys, but we don't want to end up with, you know, a really upset child. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a little bit, a little bit of a balance, but I think the resources we have or the books and stuff we have today are like a good mix of fun. Yeah. Spooky ish. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think so. Do you find that as you're older, are, do you find that you're drawn at all to scary books or ghost stories or anything like that? Not really. You're still not into it. No. Even if it's not quite as scary, I still, it, it's not fun for me to read or watch. Yeah, I would agree with that for myself. Um, Reed got pretty into those uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which parents might remember from like when people my age were kids. And those are those are quite spooky. Did you read those? No. Yeah. So you're just Allegra is not here for it. She is no. not here for the scary. Um, but some kids, some kids have a little bit of a higher tolerance and Halloween can be a fun time to safely explore that. But there's there's plenty um, that isn't scary. So what do you want to do? Allegra? you want to dive into some book recommendations? Yeah, let's do that. OK, well, I've got a picture book that's not at all scary and one of our family's favorites. I discovered this, I think, at, at a public library just by picking a seasonal Halloween book off the shelf. And then we ended up buying it. It's called Little Bats Halloween Story by Diane Mayer, M-A-Y-R. All these links are in the show notes, as always. Um, and Little Bat lives in a public library up in the rafters and um, really wants to go down to story time and listen with the children. Uh, the human children. It's a it's a world of humans and he is an actual bat. And his mother tells him he's not allowed to because that would scare everyone and, you know, bats aren't allowed in the library. But she tells him that if he waits long enough through the year, there might be a chance for him to get a little bit closer. And so then the book goes through the seasons and Little Bat is waiting for the sign that he might be able to venture out of his little hiding hole and get closer to story time because he wants to hear the story. And of course, that time of the year is when Halloween decorations go up and there's there's paper bats. Yeah, paper bats in the windows and things like that. So um I love the I love the concept and I love that it goes through the seasons of the year and the he's just a really cute little bat. And I, I'm a sucker for any book that's about reading and books and libraries. So that is always, always a favorite. You don't really like bats in real life though, because one ended up in our bedroom. I have done a complete 180 on bats in real life. I used to say, oh, like you can see the bats swooping around if you were out at dusk or, you know, early morning or early evening. And it didn't used to bother me. And then Allegra and I had a very unfortunate incident in the night with a bat in our room. We were sharing a room last summer and I I don't ever want to be near bats again in real life. But I do stand by this story. So it's Little Bats Halloween Story. And another cool picture book that we have as a board book, but I think also comes in hardcover and paperback, is um, Pumpkin Day, Pumpkin Night, which is a super cute um, story about a boy picking out his pumpkin and just the process of carving a pumpkin and picking the perfect one. And it's like, this one's too green. This one's too big. Yeah. I like this book a lot, too. Do, have you noticed that I think the illustrations in that book are made with paper cuttings? Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Um, so that's that's. Yeah, really it's cool. so super cool. I love the illustration. Um, and it, it, that would be a good one if you were going to go to the pumpkin patch for the first time or if you had a preschooler who had never gone through the whole jack-o'-lantern carving experience. Yeah, uh-huh. It kind of explains it simply. 
And it's just really cool. Well, my next recommendation is Room on the Broom by Julia Donaldson, who's one of our favorites. Um, did you notice, Allegra, I put it away with the Halloween decorations this last last year. Yeah. But before that, I kept this book out all year round. Um, I don't think it has to be for Halloween, but as our family reads picture books a little less, I've started kind of rotating them out more. So um, my favorite thing about Julia Donaldson, if you're not familiar, these are books to buy and keep in your house. And she has a bunch, um, but her rhymes are some of the best. So I love poetry and I love rhyming books and her rhymes are great. And we actually saw a live children's theater version of Room on the Broom a few years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was very sweet. I think it was Violet's first time at any kind of a theater event. So she was probably maybe just two and a half, almost three. Yeah. It was it was meant for young kids, but mm-hmm. it was very sweet. So that is Room on the Broom by Julia Donaldson. So this next book is not exactly Halloween. It's a mystery book. And if you like getting into kind of the mystery theme for Halloween, then these are great um, children's mysteries. They're called A to Z Mysteries by Ron Roy. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of them. So it's a series. Yeah, Um, and so there's 26 of the original ones because 26 letters of the alphabet. And so like the first one is the absent author. And then like there's also like the canary caper and the zombie zone. And it goes through the whole alphabet. Yeah, this is one of those uh, categories of early chapter books that I think make good read alouds for kids who are ready to be read aloud in a chapter book, but with still with some pictures and short chapters. And then they resurface for kids who are reading independently chapter books at an easier level. Um, And I don't think they're scary at all. Do you? I mean, I guess there's a few that have a bit of suspense, um, but the bad guy, the quote unquote bad guy stuff, the villains or, you know, the whoever they catch that, you know, robbed the, museum or something it's pretty tame so yeah I mean I think most of the time it's like oh my grandmother's sick so I needed the money there <laughs> none of them are like really bad people yeah it's it's a very um it's a very little kid friendly bad guy storyline yeah. even though sometimes there is a there is a crime involved but it's pretty tame so yeah those are a to z mysteries um and yeah we keep them out all year round but I also think that It's fun to dive into mysteries this time of year. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to movies? Yeah. Movies are fun. I like movies. All right. Do you have one to recommend? Yeah. Well, one that we usually watch um, like right on the day of Halloween, either while we were waiting to go trick or treating, which is like the hardest part of the whole day, (laughs) or after we've gotten our candy and are like sorting it and trading it and stuff is um, Mickey's House of Villains, which is where... It's kind of a combo of like old Mickey shorts, um, you know, like yeah, the short films, the lonesome ghosts and like other stuff. And they're showing these things to all of the villains. Yes. So you end up seeing a bunch of old Disney classic short films, but then packaged in this way where there's a little bit of a new storyline, right? Yeah. It's hard to explain. No, you did a good job. Um, That is Mickey's House of Villains. Um, and I just want to comment that I think putting on something like that is a great way to pass the time on 
Halloween afternoon or like when Violet was getting her face painted, all of the times when you have to be patient before you go out and do whatever you're going to do. So yeah, um, you don't have to wait for some big family movie night to enjoy some of these movies. I think they can be, they can even be just put on in the background while you're, you know, doing a craft or something like that. So I love that idea. Um, well, I was going to recommend actually the TV series, Just Add Magic, which again is not specific to Halloween, but don't you think that would be a really fun Halloween, yeah. a Halloween binge? Mm-hmm. It's an Amazon original um, and it, it involves some kids who discover like a magic cookbook, cookbook spell book. Um, it's really very well done. And I say that as an adult who's maybe a little more critical of some kids shows. Um, like the storyline is actually compelling. The acting is pretty good. Um, what would you, what age range would you give for this for just add magic? Um, I'd say that all the way up to my age. Um, but then I don't really know when you would start, but I'd say like maybe not so good if it's like one of the first shows that like a kid is watching, but maybe if it's the youngest child, like Violet liked it when she was five, but right. I don't know if like, yeah. Like, I think that makes a big difference. If maybe if, if yeah, if the, if it's just one a five year old not like with an older sibling, it might be hard to understand or get into. Yeah. So I think it's I don't think there's anything too inappropriate, but no. I was gonna say seven and up to, to seven and up uh-huh. to enjoy it. Yeah. Or like you said, if it's the youngest sibling, they tend to they tend to be ready for older stuff sooner just because that's the life of a youngest yeah. sibling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's a good one. Yeah, and so um another movie that is a series and then there's one that's Halloween themed is the Buddies series, which if you've seen the Airbud movies, it's about Airbud's puppies who like go on different adventures so basically an entire movie of golden retriever puppies who talk yes yes and then this one is halloween themed but there's also like super buddies and um is the spooky buddies movie spooky at all it's pretty g-rated right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um well that is a cute one and animal lovers i think our family went through an entire year of every live action animal movie where you know they made the animal look like it was talking um, from Beethoven, which is a classic, all the way deep down into that rabbit hole. I don't think Beethoven talks. Um, you're right. Beethoven doesn't talk. Okay. More like Milo and Otis would be one of the ones where, you know, where they're imagining that the animal talks. And then later they got into kind of the the special effects that make the animal look like it's really talking. Well, I just want to point people to one of our favorite resources, which is commonsensemedia.org. And they have a list that I'll link up in the show notes um, that goes through a bunch of different ages, but it's the list is called scary, but not too scary Halloween movies. And there's a bunch on there that we've enjoyed. Like um, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, They also have, they reminded me that there's usually good um, Halloween compilations for your favorite characters that your kids are already watching. So like, Curious George's Halloween and the cat in the hat Halloween. So I think if you have really little kids, that's enough often in the early years is maybe just a Halloween themed episode of some, you know, of a show that they already have. Because there's plenty of time for the the more full length movies. And there's a bunch we didn't talk about yet, like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I didn't really like that movie. I don't love that movie either. You had it on our list and I took it off. No, I took it off. (laughs) 
Just now. What about Hocus Pocus? That's a cute one. You guys watched I that last I, year. I think I only saw like parts of it. Mm-hmm. I think they had it over on at a friend's house, but I was like talking to somebody else and not really paying attention. Yeah. Background background movie. So anyway, that we'll, might be a good one for this year. Maybe we could watch the whole thing. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, And we'll link up this common sense media list because you can get some great ideas and they are always the best at recommending um, an age range. But then going beyond that, telling you exactly what you might find in that movie, what might be spooky, Um, because we all know that kids are kind of spooked by different types of things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got some games and activities and crafts to talk about, right? Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. So should we start with a video game type thing or a craft? You choose. Um. Let's do a craft. Let's do the marble pumpkin. Oh, this was like, this was next level last year. Like, this was really fun. This was really fun. Do you think we'll do it again? I hope so. Okay. So I'm going to set the stage and then, and then you can jump in. Um, but I think I saw this on Instagram and I'm not a very crafty mom. I'm not usually up for like big messy projects, but something, some, I was under a spell at this particular <laughs> moment. And um, the craft involves taking mini pumpkins, the little, the tiniest ones that you can get at the grocery store or whatever. And you create um, a water bath that you then drip nail polish into. Stay with me, listeners. Um, A specific kind of nail polish that you can get at Target. Um, And then swirling the, holding the pumpkin by its stem and kind of dipping and swirling it into this water paint mixture. And they pop up marbled really pretty like really Mm -hmm. like it looks like something way more complicated um and we did it a few different times because we Mm -hmm. had the nail polish and we had this um kind of plastic tub of water so we we set it up and did it a bunch of times and it was really fun and the one of my resistance to crafts is sometimes that they never come out looking as pretty as like the website or Pinterest or whatever Mm -hmm. but these did like they looked really good and you could just then just put them like in a bowl I think if we do it again, I want to do some with a more cohesive color theme. Like I think if you got orange pumpkins and just did silver and gold nail polish or something like that, where it was yeah. kind of like um, we our colors were all over the map. We had pumpkins that with like purple, yellow, pink, blue, um, marbling. So we'll put a picture in the show notes and we'll link. We did white pumpkins. Did you mention that? Yeah, we did white. And yeah, that, that and was a- lo- if they have long stems, it's much better. Yes. And um, one thing about the nail polish that I don't understand, but makes it really cool and easy is that it doesn't like turn the water different colors. It just becomes a film on the water that the pumpkin kind of scoops up yes, onto it. That's a good way to describe yeah. it. It doesn't um, it doesn't mix into the water. So if you if you dribble burgundy nail polish into water, the whole water doesn't turn burgundy like it would with food dye. Yeah, it it's like that polish sits on the top of the water in a film type mm-hmm. thing. And then when you add more, it kind of like becomes spotted. And then when you dip the pumpkin in, it like adheres to the pumpkin. It's yeah. so cool and super satisfying. Yeah. And the end result is is really pretty. Um, So that is a fun one to do early in October. Like this episode is coming out the first week of October. And then you have them for decorations mm-hmm. all year. Yeah. So we will link that up. Um, remind me, Allegra, the name of the blogger or the Instagrammer or the YouTuber. Um, was- I think it's um, Color Made Happy. Color Made Happy. So shout out um, to her and we'll link up the tutorial. We just kind of followed the tutorial. I mean, let's be real. Nail polish is 
bad news if it gets where you don't want it to go. So this is a craft for even maybe just an adult if you're if your kids are really tiny or like I don't know, like much supervision. We I remember we did it on the garage floor one time or we did it outside one time, but yeah. nail polish does not come off of anything. So you got to it you really gotta, doesn't. <laughs> you got to be prepared for that part. But that was a fun one. So marble pumpkins. Um what else? So Bobbing for apples is like a super classic, super classic Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not COVID safe at all. No. Putting your face into a bucket and then other people putting their faces into that bucket. No, this is funny. That's about as far from COVID safe as you can get. But maybe let's take a minute to talk about that because maybe this year is the year to try some of those classic games just with your own family because yeah. we, we would usually do them at, you know, a big party or something like that where there's a lot going on. So I could see that being fun with just a nuclear family. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, not COVID safe. Another thing that I was laughing that's on our list that is COVID safe, but not COVID friendly is the toilet paper mummy contest because toilet paper was in such short supply this year that people are like, <laughs> emotionally scarred from being, you know, running out of toilet paper. I don't think, I don't think anyone is short on toilet paper anymore, but I'm just laughing because every, every role was so precious, but that's a cute one. Do you want to describe the toilet paper mummy contest? Yeah. So you have teams and one person is the mummy and one person and the rest of the people have to wrap them up in toilet paper to make them look like a mummy. And then like, you know, whoever is like toilet paper doesn't necessarily want to be wrapped around right. you and around you. So much, much funny, much hilarity ensues. Yes. Um, I think that could also be just a really fun thing to do just at home with your own kids. I think little kids would find it hilarious if they got to wrap up mom or dad. And it's just something that it doesn't, other than the fact that toilet paper is a bit precious, <laughs> um, it doesn't otherwise cost much time or money and it's not that hard to clean up. So that could yeah. be a really fun one. A variation on that game for non-Halloween times, unless you want to be a mummy in January (laughs) or June, is the toilet paper bride, Mm -hmm. where you make a bridal dress out of toilet paper, which is also fun. That is fun. What else do we have for games and crafts? Well, there's a um, video game, but it's not really a video game. It's one of the Toka Boca games. Which are all fantastic. On the iPad, right? Or on, on the, the iPad, app? yes. Or on the it's tablet. An app. Mm-hmm. And it's called Toka Boo. And so you're this little kid who's like a ghost, but it's, and they go around trying to scare the family, but it, nothing jumps out at you. And it's like animated and like, yeah, it's just, there's no way to win. No way to lose. They're just creative. The Toka games are just open-ended, creative, and they're so cute. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to make a general comment about kind of October and celebrating Halloween season. I think one thing that's fun as a mom and fun for you guys as kids is if there's things that only come out at this time of year or that you only do this time of year, it makes them that much more special. And I think in 2020, a year when a lot has been canceled or postponed, um, just something little like a new app on the iPad can be tied into a celebration of the season. So yeah. um, it, 
it's not like there aren't another a bunch of other great apps on the iPad, but if it feels seasonal and it feels special, then I think sometimes that that is that's enough in and of itself. Same uh-huh. thing like getting yeah. out, you know, getting out our picture books for the season and getting out decorations. So I love that. So that was Toka Boo. Um, and we've talked about Toka games before. If you haven't listened to our episode on um, apps for creative play, I think that's what we called it. Um, apps that encourage creativity. We talked a lot about Toka and they're great. So we will yeah. link that up as well. One type of game craft thing is we haven't talked about board games yet. And there is one Halloween board game that we have and play year round, even though it is very Halloween. Yep. It's called Tricky Town. It is, it was made by one of my dad's coworkers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. But, but it's available on Amazon. Like you can yeah. actually buy it. Uh huh. It's super fun. You are a family of four mom, dad, kid, girl, and kid boy. And you're going trick-or-treating and each like stop, either you lose treats on like a haunted house or you get treats and like grandma's house is the best one because you get five treats and like you're going through and you want to get back home with the most treats. Um, Another cool aspect of the game is that the kids can't get too far away from the grown-ups, which is just another added challenge. Yeah. So you have four players, four Four of your own game pieces on the board and you're moving them kind of like yeah. together and independently. Uh-huh. It's re- it's really well thought out. I've never known someone who designed a board game. So we actually do know the woman who she and her husband invented this game. You can buy it. It's for sale. And I'm I'm kind of amazed at the staying power it has in our house. Like you guys really do play it throughout yeah. the year. Um, I would put it up there with like not quite as long as Monopoly, but maybe no. like life like it's a it's a board game that takes a little while to get through Mm -hmm. um it's not like a quick and easy one but another one that would be fun if you just wanted a little way to like you know add something to the season unexpectedly a halloween themed board game that only comes out once a year um could be really fun so that's called tricky town we'll make sure that we have a way to order it and link to yeah well, this was really fun, Allegra. What are you looking forward to most immediately? Like we're recording this on the first Saturday of October. Like what what would you like to do today or tomorrow if you could in terms of fall and Halloween? Decorate our new house because our old house had one tiny little strip of yard in the front yard that we stuck gravestones in. And this house has so much more opportunities. And I love decorating and yeah. like designing you guys I know and you guys like the outdoor spooky decorations like skeletons and gravestones and stuff and I kind of like more the indoor more more the the mantles and the fall scapes more than the spooky but we've we've come to uh find a midpoint over the years so as you know we end all of our episodes with what we are reading and since we're just getting back we don't have a what you're reading but we want you to send us more. We'll tell you how to do that at the end. But um, what are you reading right now? Well, uh, I did not read all summer long, which I guess we didn't make this podcast all summer long and I didn't have the accountability of having to talk <laughs> about what I'm reading. But with the move and just different COVID routines, um, I was out of the habit and I am back in the habit. So um, I read four books in the month of September. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that went from zero to back on track. 
Um, the one that I'll mention here is called I'm Still Here by Austin Channing Brown. And it's um, a memoir of a black woman who has worked in mostly white organizations over the years and her thoughts on kind of achieving equity and fairness um, in different mm-hmm. industries and just a great read uh, following the thinking about racism and equality that we've all been doing this summer. So that was I'm Still Here by Austin Channing Brown, and I will link it up in the show notes. Yeah, and I just recently finished the biography of Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow, which was amazing. So this is the book that Lin-Manuel Miranda based the musical Hamilton off of. Yeah. I read the whole thing and still did not get how he got from this book to a hip hop musical. <laughs> but but you're not great. Lynn. Um, I think it. What do you think it took you like two and a half months? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And I think it has like seven hundred and thirty four pages. But maybe seven hundred and thirty four pages of dense, dense historical yes. writing intended for adults and. I read it a couple of few years ago, like kind of when Hamilton first started exploding and it took me like seven months. I think like it took me the better half of a year and it took you much less time. And when you started it, I really just thought I thought it was ambitious and a, and a fun idea. I didn't think it would hold your attention because it, I didn't either. <laughs> and you just wouldn't give up. So, I mean, I feel like if if we had sound effects, we would do like a big like cheers party popping um sound effect for you finishing that giant book and you actually you read a few other books concurrently just because it's kind of when you're reading a book that long you don't get the satisfaction of starting and finishing a new book because yeah. it just takes so you a while. I also read when you reach me murder is bad manners and I think another one too yeah and yeah. I've started a new book which I'll talk about next yeah episode. well um as Allegra mentioned, we love hearing what you all are reading, um, both adults and kids, everybody in your house. And we get emails from kids. We get emails from moms and kids together. And we love especially when you send us a voicemail and record yourself talking about what you're reading. We yeah, play we haven't it on been getting a lot of that, but I know well, we really we, want it. We <laughs> <laughs> do it now. Do it, guys. Um, so our email address is hello at kidliteratepodcast.com. Um, And that's where you can send an email or record yourself just on a smartphone and send us the recording and we could play it on the show. And then we it helps other people find what what to read, too, because we'll link up your book choices in the show notes as well. So. All right. Well, this was a a big one to come back with. Um, We publish episodes every other Monday, and that's the plan for this fall. And we also have um, 15, 16 episodes in the archives that are still full of great recommendations from uh, last season, last fall. So go check those out and we will talk to you all soon. Yeah. Kid Literate is a production of Life Listen. Our sound engineer is Brian Thomas from Yokai Audio. You can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliteratepodcast.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Thanks. Thanks.